What is up, guys? Welcome to the brand new Strength Doc Podcast hosted by UpDoc Media with me, Dr. John Russin. I want to get one thing clear. This is not going to be your average fitness podcast, and I'm sure as hell not your run-of-the-mill strength coach. What's going on, guys? Dr. John Russin back with a brand new episode of Strength Doc Podcast Articles of the Week. Now, you may be thinking that you just got a notification on iTunes that this episode came up, and it is Sunday afternoon. The 1 o'clock games are already wrapping up, and you haven't listened to the Strength Doc article of the week yet. I apologize about that because we are a day late, and I promised you guys last week that we're going to have these out every single Saturday, and I guess I broke my promise a couple weeks in here. Uh, we had a busy, busy week over here at John Russell Fitness Systems. I was actually traveling on the West Coast this week, Monday through Thursday, uh, out in San Diego, working with some athletes out there. Always a good time to get out of the northern cold and into sunny San Diego for a couple days. Got some rays on my face, but uh, also spent a lot of time looking at some programming and some high-performance athletic training, which is always cool. But headed back from San Diego late on Thursday night, and I had to jump right back into the fire here up in Madison because, as you guys know, when you miss a couple days in your gym, uh, things go to shit real quick and you got to play the catch-up game. So I spent the last couple days uh, getting my clients' programs done, uh, interacting with them, and also started working on a brand new project for you guys that you'll know more about around Christmas time. Hopefully, we're going to be able to release it then. Can't let too much out of the bag on that, but I do have to say it's uh, one of the most exciting things that I'm going to be able to come out with here in a couple weeks. Just in time for Christmas and also just in time for everyone's New Year's resolutions that are always centered around fitness, around fat loss, and around performance goals. So it's a good time of year, but you know, you guys listening to Strength Doc Podcast right now, I know you're hitting the iron hard no matter whether it's October or January. We are getting after it, and that's just the way things are done. But for everybody else trying to get their habits in line, uh, this is going to be a really good product. You know what? Absolutely a good product for anyone, I should say. Now, let's get right into this Articles of the Week this week for the 13th of December, 2015. I am going to not name myself Article of the Week again like I did last week. And I know even the first Article of the Week, which I named Paul Carter's article, which I contributed to, also had my name somewhere in that article. You know, I'm going to take a step back. I, I got a lot of messages after last week's episode saying that, I shouldn't really be naming my own articles article of the week, but like I said last week, fuck it, it's my show, I do what I want, but this week, you know, I didn't write the article of the week. Uh, we didn't have an article that was a huge one published on T Nation. Uh, we had one over on muscle and strength that was actually very, very good, but it was more of a, a technical article, not a big idea article, but something that I touched upon four quick and easy ways to train your glutes effectively. You know, definitely go over and check that out on muscleandstrength.com. And I, I publish another one on drjohnrussin.com, which is my go-to dynamic warm-up shoulder-specific superset. So check that out. I have all of my videos on there. I have my custom coaching notes. I have exactly how to program it. And it's something that's going to really help you remediate your posture. 
All right, enough about my stuff, you know. I, I just get caught up and I keep on talking about my own articles. But this week, I am going to name my man Eric Bach's article over on TNation.com article of the week. This article was entitled, Shut Up and Get Strong. I love it. Shut up and get strong. How to boost fat loss, muscle gain, and athleticism. Now, this is definitely in Eric's wheelhouse as he is my go-to man in athletic performance and bridging that with general physical preparedness and fitness. So anytime my man Eric Bach writes, I'm going to be reading and I recommend you guys read as well. You know, check him out over at BachPerformance.com. Now, let's get right into this article because he definitely touched on some major points that I wanted to talk about on Strength Doc Podcast today. And we're going to go over four major points because there's a lot of different things that I get questions on almost on a weekly basis that are centered around this article and even some of the methodologies that I use myself in my clients' programming. The first thing is having a priority on building a foundation of strength. You know, in our current day fitness society, everyone wants the sexy training routine. Everyone wants the next best thing that's going to be highly technical, highly fancy, and probably highly confusing, honestly. And it just goes back to the point that if you're getting in the gym for the first time, if you're getting into resistance training, if you're trying to, you know, really pick up some lagging body parts, if you're trying to put yourself back together functionally, you need to place your primary priority on building strength. And when I say building strength, I really look at the big six compound movements that every single human being should be practicing on a weekly basis. So you have the upper extremity press and pull. You have the squat and the hip hinge pattern. You also have a single leg pattern like a lunge. And then finally, a loaded carry. If you can do all six of those, you are going to be doing very well into the longevity of your training career. And you're going to be feeling good in the process. But what Eric gets at here is that so many people place uh, specific emphases on types of training instead of building a foundation of strength that you can work off of and move into the fancier stuff later on. Without building a foundation, if you think about building a house, if you don't have a foundation on that house, you know, as soon as the mud comes, your house is going to be sliding down the street. The same thing can be said for your body. If you don't have that foundation of strength, really building up those big movements, building up your strength capacity and getting your numbers up, uh, you know, things like hypertrophy, things like fat loss, uh, athletic performance enhancement, they get that much tougher because the cool methods that have really been making a big difference for certain people don't work that well for other people that don't have that foundation of strength. So that cannot be reiterated enough. You know, I I even heard some very, very famous strength coaches say that strength is the only thing that matters in transference of athletic performance. You know, I wouldn't say it's 110% all that matters, but I go on the record saying that 70 to 80% of what we do as strength coaches and physios is trying to enhance strength 
so people can go use it in different aspects of their life or their training. So definitely rule number one, place the priority on strength if you're a newbie, but also if you plan on doing this for the rest of your career. The second point that I want to touch upon based on Eric's article is the definition of relative and absolute strength. These are two different things, but sometimes they just get meshed together and it gets confusing. Let's start with absolute strength here. Absolute strength, you know, just imagine yourself like on the Jersey Shore, you're going into Gold's Gym and everyone's talking about how much they bench press, bro. How much you deadlift, bro, if they're deadlifting or even doing legs at all. Or how much, how much you curl, bro. You know, that's one repetition max and that's an absolute strength number. How much weight can be moved by a human being? That is absolute strength. I don't really give a shit about absolute strength, to be totally honest with you guys. And unless my client is stepping on the platform and is a competitive power lifter or Olympic lifter, I don't care about absolute strength numbers. What I do care about and what I do prioritize as a coach is relative strength. And I don't use the term relative strength, but the term I do use is power to mass ratio. So we're looking at taking the absolute highest amount of weight somebody can move in a compound movement and dividing it out by body weight. So this is like when you, when you hear boxers going pound for pound champion of the world or pound for pound strongest guy. You know, that is really important because it is dependent on body weight. Obviously, uh, even in powerlifting, there's different uh, classes of body weight that people compete in. And really, every other sport uh, based on that. So Olympic lifting will have the same thing. Uh, boxing, MMA, really any other non-team sport will have the same thing. But really trying to put an emphasis on keeping as lean as possible, keeping your body mass down and trying to enhance your strength and really bringing up that relative strength number as high as we can possibly get it. You know, this is a big deal in some of the sports. Uh, certain sports, we don't want to have too much body weight because it will actually defer from our performance. And when it comes to athleticism and trying to stay healthy, if we can get stronger and we can even reduce body mass and more specifically body fat, that's everyone's ultimate goal. Let's get as strong and as muscular as we possibly can and let's cut the fat. So the third point here that I want to touch upon is the newbie strength plateau. And this kind of goes back to the first point as well in building that foundation of strength. So the newbie strength plateau is the dude that goes into the gym, he just starts training for the first time, and in the first four to six weeks, he doubles his bench press. The first four to six weeks, he triples his squat, and he thinks that that linear periodization model, which is just adding more poundage to the bar week after week, month after month, is going to be the only thing that creates results. You know, it can create results, but really those first couple months, Many of the quote-unquote strength enhancement results are based upon neuromuscular recruitment patterning getting better and better. So the way that your brain signals down through your central and peripheral nervous systems to control 
the actions of your musculature in a smooth and coordinated manner, that gets better and better. You know, that could be said for practice of any skill. So really your skill development gets better those first couple months of training. And that allows you to move more weight and that allows you to get, be set up for success uh, building that foundation of strength. But it's just a matter of time until that linear model of periodization and strength really plateaus out and leaves you with questions of how do I break through this plateau? You know, if you do the linear model for long enough, it's a matter of time until two things can possibly happen. One, you plateau off, you break your body down, and you start reducing your overall strength numbers. You know, that's something that is so frustrating. Everyone's been through it that's been an iron athlete before. Uh, you push and push and push, and your body says, nope, no more, and your numbers actually start to go down because, you know, your central nervous system may be fried. Uh, you may have some, your central fatigue on your musculature. You know, anything could happen at that point, but that's what a lot of people go into. You know, the second and more serious point could be a potential for injury when you're trying to bust through those plateaus, just banging your head against the wall, just trying to add more weight week after week. Uh, the non-contractile tissues can be hit like a shit brick wall and really leave you down and debilitated, especially if your strength numbers are going down, you're fatigued, you're going to be more vulnerable for injury. So these aren't good things that are happening, but I will say that the newbie strength plateau needs to be hit first and foremost to lay down that foundation of strength. Without that foundation, uh, getting to that plateau you know, really doesn't mean anything. And once we get to that plateau, then we can start implementing the sexy training methods, you know, the ones that you read about on T Nation, uh, the really cool methodologies that can be more highly technical, but only work when you lay down a foundation of strength first. So it's almost like you have to work hard, you have to do the simple shit first, you have to really get proficient at the simple movements, get strong at the simple movements, perfect your execution, and earn the right to do some higher level training. You know, this is the same in any type of training program. Final point here is using strength to enhance fat loss. So this is something that goes totally against the mainstream grain in the fitness industry. When you say fat loss in training, people ultimately equate that to like a hit style training. High intensity, busting your balls, and on the nutritional side of things, eating lettuce and carrots for a couple months just to cut down on your body weight and your fat loss. You know, this couldn't be further from the truth. You really need to match your nutritional intakes with your training goals. So those two things have to synergize together or you're really never going to get the results that are going to be optimal for your goal set. So if you have the goal of cutting down on your body fat percentage, really the first thing that you need to prioritize is heavy strength training. I'll say that again. The most effective way to enhance fat loss if you're in a caloric deficit is prioritizing heavy compound-based strength movements. So what does that mean? Getting in multiple times a week and hitting the big movements for 
anywhere from 80 to 95% of your one rep max. You know, that seems a little bit crazy for some of you, but this is the way it is. This is the way I train my athletes that are really looking to cut up, whether they're uh, aesthetics athletes or they're just trying to get ready for their season. This is what we do. You know, this is uh, one of the methods that is highly dependent on a couple training variables to work well. The variables that I want to talk about here are your volume, your recovery, interest set, and also your general weekly recovery. So when you're in a caloric deficit, your body doesn't have the ability to really heal up and recover those tissues that may be broken down, those uh, micro tear down tissues. So what we need to do is prioritize those big movements like we talked about, heavy loading, but also keep the volume down. We're not trying to fatigue down the musculature to enhance the rebuilding process here. What we're trying to do is stimulate the neuromuscular response to move weight as heavy as possible, as proficiently as possible, to maintain and maybe even enhance muscular strength in hopes of maintaining muscle mass for the long term while in that caloric restriction. Also, your recovery needs to be on point not only between sets in your workout, but also between workouts themselves. So when we're working on those big, heavy loaded compound movements, we have to have close to full recovery between sets here, just so we don't get that cumulative fatigue down into the musculature. So that is very important. Anywhere from two to five minutes is definitely necessary between sets here. And that is the polar opposite of hit, if you didn't already realize that. The second thing is your overall weekly volume needs to be monitored, but also your weekly recovery between sessions really needs to be monitored. So we do not want to have that cumulative effect of tearing down the same tissues over and over without the ability to really recover. So going in and being fully recovered between sets, but also between training days is absolutely pivotal. And once again, remember, we're trying to stimulate neuromuscular recruitment components of training here to salvage muscle mass because muscle mass is what's going to fuel your fat loss for the long term. I'm not in the business of any quick fixes and neither should you guys be. And that's what Eric did an amazing job at really bringing this across in this article on T Nation. All right, guys, I'm hoping to have a brand new episode out for you guys next week around Christmas time. It's going to be a little bit different of a setup, but I'm sure you guys are going to be digging it. You know, thanks to Eric Bach for writing this killer article. Thanks for T Nation for obviously publishing the best articles in the industry and my sponsors over at UpDoc Media for continuously giving me a platform to share and educate you guys. Until next time, guys. I am Dr. John Russin with the Strength Doc Podcast. This episode of the Strength Doc Podcast is brought to you by Dr. John Russin's new 12-week bodybuilding program. This program has been personally developed by Dr. John Russin and is based on his methods, which have been responsible for keeping NFL, Olympic, and all-world Ironman athletes, as well as professional bodybuilders and powerlifters performing at the peak of their abilities while staying healthy in the process. 
Over the next 12 weeks, you'll receive all the muscle gain and fat loss results of a traditional bodybuilding program without leaving you broken down and injured. This program is complete with nutritional guidance, custom, highly detailed coaching notes, and video tutorials of each exercise. Want to learn more about the program? Head over to drjohnrussin.com and join the thousands of strength athletes who have revolutionized their training with Dr. John.